In the wrestling world, the people are represented by two separate but unequally important groups. The wrestlers and bookers, who literally do all the hard work, and the fans, who endlessly nitpick and overanalyze everything they do. These are their stories. What made you want to be a policeman? Officer. What made you want to be a policeman officer? Welcome to Raw and Order WBU, the wrestling booking unit, the only wrestling podcast on the planet that I host with my friend, the A Fabe. I guess. Yeah. I couldn't yeah. come up with anything else. Well, it's actually one of two that you host with your friend, the A Fabe, because technically FBI is a different podcast. And you give me on a technicality there. Technicality, technicality there. So, just to give a, a little recap, every week we uh, do this. We go through a handful of air quotes crimes in professional wrestling. We give our evidence on, evidence on it, and then we send it out to you guys, the jury, to uh, tell us what you think and uh, either convict or acquit. Um, we've got a, a few here to go through today, um, and then we'll kind of go on. I did want to uh, stop really quickly beforehand and mention we've been doing a lot of experimenting to try to get the sound quality better. Uh, I've got a new audio set up here. Um, we are uh, in separate locales uh, because uh, we live approximately 150 or so miles apart. And yeah. so it's really hard to get us together in one room on a regular basis. So we have to do this remotely as much as possible. Um, we've got this show, and then we've got the uh, visit from the FBI show that we do also weekly. Um, and so it kind of makes things a little fun uh, to schedule around that. But we will get started uh, today. Crime number one. I am uh, accusing the WWE of finally doing the right thing and finally officially announcing the end to the wild card rule after the SmackDown draft in a few weeks, uh, you know, on SmackDown. So, maybe after we figure out who the new WWE champion will be, if there will be a new one. Yeah, after after all of that. But on Raw, they did specifically say to the, this week that uh, no more wild card rule once the SmackDown on Fox is, is gone, gone on and the draft has gone on. So, uh, good news there. That, yeah. uh... I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say, um, you know, the, the evidence is, is proofs in the pudding, I guess. I don't know that we have enough evidence to convict or uh, acquit of any crimes here. This is a, it's a good move. I think you would agree. Um, yes, with the agree. exception With the exception of the fact that we don't know exactly how legit that's going to be. Um, history has told us that there will be crossover legends. So to what extent will there not be crossovers, you know? Well, and and ultimately, the crime, the crime is doing the right thing, is what I'm saying. And it's not saying that there cannot be crossover. There uh, absolutely can and should be crossover between the shows occasionally. It's the stupid wild card rule that they just turned into a crutch to be like, hey, we can have Roman Reigns on both shows. Hey, we can have Becky Lynch on both shows. Hey, we can have Charlotte Flair on both shows. All of them are going to have Usos on both shows. Speaking yeah. of which, where's the Usos been? Well, I have a feeling that because uh, one of them, Jay, I think, 
got arrested again for DUI. They're kind of on uh, on the bad list right now with WWE, and so they're not uh, showing them on TV very often. But so, so my point is, I think this is a good thing for them to get rid of the wild card rule. I do still think they're still going to have occasionally people cross over, but you think about it, go back to um, before the wild card rule, before Survivor Series a year ago, when Becky Lynch showed up on Raw, it was an invasion. It was, it was, yeah, a, it was special a surprise. Thing. It was a surprise. We didn't see it coming, and it was a big effing deal. We were excited, and we were like, wow. And it's not that we didn't like expect it, because every year before Survivor Series, they have some crossovers like that. But it wasn't like a weekly thing. It wasn't like... But once they instituted the wild card rule, it was like literally SmackDown just became the fifth, the fourth and fifth hours of Raw, really. And it uh, really did. I mean, SmackDown stars were getting overlooked. Their their best opportunity. And and if you're going to do that, you need to you really need to cross over all brands so that maybe you can get some exposure on NXT if you're you know somebody else. <laughs> And so, so I'm excited for them to do this the, the right way. I'm excited for that. Um, you and I, you know, have talked before. We, we have maybe unpopular opinions amongst wrestling fans, uh, but we really like the brand split and the brand specific, uh, pay-per-views. And we liked them because they gave, uh, they gave more people opportunities to shine at pay-per-views. When you merge them together into one pay-per-view for both brands, we we have this thing where people get lost in the shuffle. And, you know, Finn Balor was the uh, Intercontinental Champion for months, and we didn't see him on the pay-per-views, and we didn't see him on TV because the wildcard rule and the dual-branded pay-per-views just kind of ate him up, you know, and, and you never saw him. And, and while, yes, when they had the single-branded pay-per-views, the split pay-per-views before, they weren't perfect. There were some really bad ones in there. Um, there are always going to be some clunker pay-per-views, no matter what. Oh, but I thought that was a better solution to the problem than just, hey, throw everyone together into one uh, thing. And... and uh, my a roster of 150 into a roster of... Exactly. <laughs> and, and you and I have talked before about how we feel that uh, WWE, you know, arguably has the best roster on the planet. Um, you can argue back and forth on it, and I'm sure people will. And uh, people are, are probably already pulling out their Twitter to go, well, I don't know what WWE says. Uh, WWE better than NXT. I'm kind of talking top to bottom, and some of it is just that they've got more volume, right? When you when you've got as many people on your roster, you by the very nature um, can have stronger people. Um, and, but I, you know, if if I were to pull out the PWI top 500 wrestlers in the world and go to, down and just keep keep a tally of here are all the people from WWE, here are all the people from from AEW, here are all the people from uh, you know New Japan. Uh, I have a feeling the uh, the numbers would back up the idea that WWE uh, has, has the most more of them on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and, and and sure, if you limit yourself to the top twenty-five, you're absolutely correct. You can you can totally you know you've got Okada, you've got Omega, you've got Cody Rhodes, you've got uh, I'm sorry, just Cody which you pointed out the other night. Um, you've got these other options. But at the end of the day, you know, when you when you go 20, top 500, Zack Ryder's a top 500. Though he's never on television with WWE, he is a top And um, who, you know, at the end of the day, Zack Ryder is... And, and I'm not saying he's not a great wrestler, but WWE treats him like he's the bottom rung of their of their categories, you know. Um, 
just as one example. Um, Kurt Hawkins it, it, losing streak doesn't mean that Kurt Hawkins isn't a great wrestler. You know. know. <laughs> um, and and someday I'll I'll cover the crime on Kurt Hawkins losing streak. Um, because I, because I do think there's a crime in there, not the fact that he lost so much, uh, but the fact that they didn't make a bigger deal of him finally winning. And more specifically, yeah. that they didn't let him finally win a singles match. They, they cheaped out and they gave him the win in a tag match and won. But here, I just pulled off the, the, uh, top 100 from PWI's top 500, right? And so if we just look at the top 10, just as a kind of a snapshot of it, you've got one, two, three, and four are all WWE. Seth Rollins, Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, Kofi Kingston. Then you've got Kazuchika Okada. And then you come back, Johnny Gargano, Roman Reigns. Then you've got Kenny Omega, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Will Ospreay rounding it out. So of the top 10, uh, six of them are WWE, right? And and I would be willing to bet if we kept going down, that would that would line up fairly well down the list quite a ways. Now there's always going to be ones like I mean John Moxley's on here, um, you know, which of course counts for AEW since he's an AEW wrestler. Also counts for New Japan since he wrestled for them, but he also was a WWE star for a long time, and he left because he just felt like he wasn't being used properly. And that's kind of the thing. It's when you've got the size of roster that they have, you're going to have people who fall through the cracks. And and he was one of them that fell through the cracks and, and uh you know, went someplace else. But but I just think ending the wild card rule uh will allow more people to shine because it'll open up a few more spots on each episode of Raw, on each episode of SmackDown for these people to show up and show off and uh, and and kind of go, and that's going to be a good thing. So my only problem with it is that they're waiting until after the draft, that they didn't just say, effective today, into the wild card rule. We're done. We're just getting I rid think, of it. I think that's their... Um, I think that's their a way of trying to hype it, maybe a little bit. Possibly. I think it really more had to do with the fact that they were announcing it, but they already knew that they had Charlotte Flair and uh, Bailey on uh, their Raw that week. And so they already had to ex- uh, explain those wild cards. And then, oh, they also had Kofi Kingston and the New Day on there, so there's another. So just, oh, let's put the wild card, let's get rid of it in a couple weeks. But. Once again, I get back to the beginning. I want to point out that, you know, it's one of the, the, the things with this show that I've always kind of said is a lot of these crimes are actually going to be positive. Uh, I want to make sure that we're highlighting the good stuff that wrestling companies are doing. And this is something good. And it's worth us trumpeting and, and praising them for it. And we do that in the form of accusing them of a crime. Correct. Correct. So. And now I'm going to bring up something negative if we're done with that crime. <laughs> we are done. Crime number two. Uh, same night, same show, same everything. We had enough happen this week on Raw um, to do an entire show just on Raw. That's how good it was. That's how bad it was. Um, we all enjoy life imitates... Wrestling imitates real life. There are moments that we should embrace that there are some moments where we should be disgusted by the concept of that and I would say that there was one particular moment that I was disgusted by in the past and I would say that this one it does not top that but certainly um, is in that category so the one that I was disgusted by in the past was using Scott Hall's addiction for a storyline, or using um, 
Road Warrior Hawks addiction for a storyline. And tonight, we're going to talk about using this, and, and we all know Maria Kanellis is pregnant with Mike Kanellis' kid, but um, infidelity is something that happens in that industry, and it's not healthy, and it's not good, and to have Rusev be whatever that was, I think was a horrible decision. So I'm going to point this at booking, because I don't think that was Rusev's idea. Um, I think that he didn't have a choice. Um, and I'm going to say that was a horribly booked move, having Rusev and Ricochet be named as the father of Maria Kanellis' child. Agreed, agreed. I think... But what we saw was, well, I think we saw two things happen there. I think it was, oh, we've got Rusev back. Um, how do we use him? Uh, 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 let's throw him in the middle of this thing. Uh, so I think that's part of it. I think it's also um, just an example of Paul Heyman. Uh, you know, Paul Heyman gets a lot of credit for a lot of the stuff that he did. Then he did a lot of good things. A whole lot of good things in, in uh, the 90s to elevate wrestling, uh, to, to move it forward. But he also did a lot of shock jock things. And, I mean, some of it was just the time. I mean, we were in the height of, of Howard Stern and Jerry Springer, you know, uh, and so the, the shocking stuff was, was a big thing for him. But this, that was just something that reeked of mid-90s ECW. And, and I think it's just evident. I mean, the news has come out that, uh, Paul Heyman was, was, uh, the sole person running the show on Monday. That he, he did the whole thing from top to bottom. Uh, and, and it, this is just one of those things that reeks of the bad side of Paul Heyman. Um, and, you know, it's, it's just one of those things that, that, and it's, it's the bad side of, of attitude era wrestling in general. And none of the, uh, promotions from that era were innocent of it. WCW did their fair amount of, of shock jock sort of stuff. Um, WWE, you know, WWF at the time, uh, did a whole lot of it. The Braun panties matches and, and all of that stuff. And ECW kind of had led the charge with a lot of that stuff. I mean, you know, you talking about uh, WCW using uh, Scott Hall's addiction uh, as a storyline. ECW did that first, you know. Uh, they just didn't do it to as big of a market. And, you know, you and I have talked about uh, Eric Bischoff's show before. And, and some of the stuff he talks about. And, and he gets a lot of crap here and there for, for certain things. But one of the things that comes up frequently on the show is they ask him what he thought about ECW. And he says, I didn't watch it. And, and he says, it's not that I didn't think it was good, that I didn't think they had good wrestlers on it. It's, it's I didn't have the access to watch it. I didn't have the ability to watch it on the regular. And, and that's the case for, like, you and I. If you and I had wanted to watch ECW during that time, it was either tape trading, uh, or, or that's not it. Because there was no network out where we live that played it. you could watch ECW, yeah. Or you could watch it at all. So we would have had to have found someone who lived in an area that it aired, taped it, and was willing to trade us that tape or dub us that tape for it. And, and that's the, kind of the perfect example. I mean, uh, you know, WCW gets accused of stealing a lot of stuff from ECW. And I think it was just kind of a mutual evolution sort of thing. I, I really don't think, for the most part, the people in charge of WCW were actually watching ECW, at least that closely. They were paying attention to it because they always were, were on the lookout for new talent, but yeah. they weren't watching it like, oh, they had New Jack just try to kill a guy. Let's have New Jack, let's have someone like New Jack try to kill a guy on our show. 
Um, I just don't think they did that. But I, I would say that, that for the most part, I agree with you on this charge, that that was, that was, uh, a poor choice. Yeah. Poor choice of, of booking just in general for, for that show. And, um, I, I unfortunately feel like we've got at least a few more weeks of that coming up. That Maria's gonna come out next week. And then she's going to drag one or two more people into it, saying that these are really the father, and and eventually it's going to lead to Mike, you know, saying, "Fine, I'm I'm going to be the the strong man you want me to be," and he's going to finally win, and and all that. But it's it's not a good storyline, and it, it very rarely do I actually say WWE should just drop a storyline and pretend it never happened. Most of the time we complain when they do that, but this is one of those that they should just kind of let go. Um, on the other side of the coin, though, it did lead to Rusev coming back, and we've uh, we've missed him a yeah. lot. Yeah. And so at least we got to see him back for less than a minute beating up Mike Canellis. And we're going to see a porn stash. Yeah. 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 Glorious. Porn stash in wrestling. Glorious molestash on him. (laughs) (laughs) Molestash. Okay. If only it would be so glorious. (laughs) Glorious. Remember, remember when Robert Rude came out with the mustache and we thought it was the most awesome thing on the planet then the next week he just had the ear back. It was gone three weeks later. And like, oh. Crime number This one's a big one. This is this is a very very serious crime. This is a crime of gimmick infringement and of filing charges against Kevin Owens, Shane McMahon, and WWE for gimmick infringement because we file charges in the wrestling world, not you guys. You had <laughs> Shane McMahon come out there and and Kevin Owens filed charges against him, and that is not that is our gimmick. You're not allowed to do it. Okay? So, um, I am filing charges of gimmick infringement against them all, and I will settle for a fraction of the $25 million that Kevin Owens is going for. I mean, a, a large fraction of it, but a fraction. Half is a fraction, right? So. One one hundredth is a fraction. True. I'm I'm looking for more than that though. I mean I think if we're gonna if they're gonna infringe on our gimmick we should be we should be compensated a bit. Um I'm not gonna you know, insist on firing anyone because frankly, as much hate as Shane McMahon gets, you know, I don't want him fired. I just want him not on my T V as much. Well like, and I and, and not taking our I mean, not allowing Kevin Owens to take our gimmick. Yeah, we just have to, I mean, we have to defend our gimmick against, <laughs> against this. And so, they stand charged. I am, I'm getting the paperwork ready, uh, to serve them. And, and hopefully, you know, we can get this all figured out and, and move on with our lives and, and we'll become significantly richer. Yeah, yeah. Gonna happen. Science sealed, um, and I'm going to go ahead and say convicted. Yes, this is convicted. We're not even going to. We, we're not even going to let the jury vote on this one. This is. Yeah. It happened on TV. There's evidence. Well, maybe the jury will still weigh in on it. <laughs> they can weigh in, but they're convicted. And just so you know, one one hundredth is still two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. It is, it is still a lot of money. I just, you know, if they're going to infringe on my gimmick, I'm going to get paid. That's all I'm saying. 
Well, I don't know. You don't hey. say paid, laid, made. Otherwise, you're infringing on somebody else's gimmick. Yeah. No, I just I just need to get paid. I mean, even if they just want to throw some tickets next time they come through the area, I guess. I mean, I'm I'm not that's, free. That's that's worth that's worth it. Yeah. Some maybe, maybe, maybe. Maybe. But meet and greets. Meet, meet and greets. Front row. We'd like that. Front row. Yeah. Absolutely. Hard camp side. <laughs> Hard camp side. Oh, okay. That way I get to look at the people when they're... When they're talking yeah. instead of looking at the back of their heads? Yeah. The side note, now that's a, that's a crime. It's not a crime we're going to issue tonight. But if you've ever been to a live event, side note, having the tickets booked on the uh, off-cam side first is a crime against the people who are paying the money. Yeah, it, it, it's ludicrous. It's ludicrous that you pay money and then you, you just look at people's back of their heads for the entire night. And it's kind of funny to watch them stand it, there and deliver their speeches. Is, it, it's ludicrous depending on who's delivering their speeches. Because well, if Alexa Bliss is talking to the cam, I'm okay with being off campsite. I, I'm, I'm just saying, it's, to me, it's funny to watch them deliver their whole monologues to the empty side of the arena. You know, because it's, really it's, it's kind of entertaining. <laughs> just, just been like, who are you talking to? There's no one over there. Don't you? Don't you? Are you blind? <laughs> anyway. Crime number four. Crime number four is not as negative as your last one. I can't believe you went that far as to choose a crime that is easily convictable. Um, I'm a little disappointed. Low hanging fruit, man. Low hanging fruit. Um, that said, Crime number four, I have been racking my head on how to word this as a positive crime. Um, and the only way I can think of is props to Braun Strowman for being so good. Braun Strowman, you are so very, very good that you can defeat the entirety of WWE's main roster tag teams. Yeah, a matter of a few moments, just annihilate them, leave them destroyed. I mean, I don't know why you're surprised. He did it a couple of years ago. You know, I know. I mean, but you he know. he even did it with a twelve-year-old boy, eleven-year-old. I can't remember how old he is. Well, and he did it by himself in in a battle royal. But at least in the battle royal, they were going against each other. In this one, he literally did this by himself. Yeah. Well, I mean, it just. It just goes to show what what uh, the higher ups at WWE really think of the tag division, really. And I mean, some of it is they throw they throw the tag belts at smaller people. And don't get me wrong, I think the revival are very very good at what they do. I think they're excellent wrestlers and very well deserving of tag team gold. But they're not anywhere near the size that Braun Strowman is. And then on the other side, you've got Bobby Roode and Ziggler, who are bigger, but they're still not Braun Strowman big, you know? Uh, no, not in the least. But that said, they, I mean, here's the deal. You could put, it, it, for, for you guys who don't know, we've talked about a little bit about um, Officer Smart's appearance. So we're going to talk a little bit about uh, D.A. Fabe's appearance. I'm a very large man. Um, former uh, college athlete in large man sports. <laughs> um, and if you put me in midget wrestling in Mexico against 15 midgets or against four championship-style midgets, they're going to do some damage to me, regardless of how destructive I am. 
to behave as though there's no damage is is probably the part that frustrates me the most. Like in that, you need a little bit more melee for that to be. Mm-hmm. That's why. That's why the. That's why the battle royal works so well. The tag team battle royal, because there was at least some melee involved. You know. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean it. It was ludicrous. I I watched it and I was like, Are you serious? Are you really serious? That you're just gonna job out the the tag champions from both brands this way? I mean, they, you who, yeah, look like just lost, who, who isn't even the world champion? Who, who yeah. literally just lost his world championship match the night before? So 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 what they're basically saying is uh, Braun Strowman is greater than all of the tag division, but Seth Rollins is greater than. Braun Strowman. Therefore, Seth Rollins could take out the entire tag division himself, too. Yeah. Yeah, which I think is is an absolute disgrace to... This is a guy you had as a world championship contender for three pay-per-views in in, uh, Dolph Ziggler earlier this year. Like, this isn't something that just happened. Like... This isn't, it's not an old retired guy, you know, this is, that's what upsets me about this, is you've degraded very, very good athletes, and, and it, you know as well as, well, you know, the, maybe the fans don't know, I'm a Ziggler fan, a big Ziggler fan, and so I, that's probably the one I was most ticked off about, you know, and poor poor Bobby Roode has spent how long trying to get his name on the marquee, mm-hmm. and this is what you do after you get him a, a yet another tag team title because Lord knows you can't put Bobby Roode into a real match. Yeah, it, it's just kind of sad. It there. was a real match. It, that's the sad thing. They've degraded it so much that I just called it not a real match. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how frustrating that is. Agreed. Agreed. So. But uh, you know, once again, I mean, we're Braun Strowman for being for being the monster. You know, I, I will give him credit for this. Uh, he does still look strong in his defeat. Um, that you know, he was able to come out. To do that. Yeah, but they were able to come out of of the match at Clash of Champions, or as uh, Wrestle Talk called it multiple times, cock. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I lost, I lost count of how many times they said that. So, um, but you know, it's it's kind of one of those things. He could have come out of that looking really weak, and I know that's why they did this. They wanted him to look stronger, but but I don't think he really needed this much. I think they could have uh, they could have had him come out of it, you know, and and look strong. In other ways, but okay. you, don't, you don't have to degrade. You don't. You don't have to degrade champions. By degrading champions, you degrade your brand. That's mm-hmm. really. The, I mean, well, that's, and that's, that's insanely frustrating. There was no reason to put the tag division in there in the first place. Um, I mean, he could have come out and destroyed a couple jobbers. He could have come out and destroyed, you know, uh, all the people who chase after the twenty four seven. Belt. In fact, that would have been the better way to make him look strong. Have have there be a scrum out there for the twenty four seven belt, and he comes in, and he's not even after the belt. He's just destroying everyone in the ring, and then our truth rolls out and, and runs away, and and you know escapes with the belt, and, and you know Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder and No uh, Way Jose all get power slams, and and then Braun looks strong, and you didn't just destroy your tag division. Yeah, I mean, you don't have to do champions. You don't have to. You don't have to hurt quality athletes. Not that the others aren't quality athletes. Maybe that's maybe that was the wrong way to say that. But you don't have to to hurt your own championships. You could have them beat up one of the tag teams. You could have them beat up somebody who's tired. I mean, they were they were just out there. They they didn't even compete in a match. You know, there was there wasn't even like a bragging rights type thing that had happened 
where, where, you know, maybe they beat up on each other a little bit or something. But you you took four fresh tag team champions and said, "Hey, sorry guys, Braun's better." Yeah. I don't know, <sighs> and I like Braun. Okay. Yeah, I like him too, and you know, I I hope they come up with a good solid feud for him to do. I mean, but. What I think they need to do to build him up is give him a run with a mid card belt for a while. Uh, you know, you yeah, you talked the other day. Going to put a world championship on him. Yeah, you talked the other day about AJ Styles uh, building up someone and then losing the belts to them so that he can go back to the main event scene, and and Braun would be a perfect example of that. You can make him look really strong by overcoming the OC and beating not just AJ Styles but the rest of the OC to win the belt um, and then have him have a, a fairly long run with the US belt and, and look really strong with it and then and then we're on so that's what I would do yeah. I guess but we can get more to that on our visit from the F- next visit from the FBI so we'll kind of talk about that then uh, or I don't know on one of them maybe Misdemeanors and miscellaneous. I got a few of them here, just some quick charges to file. Uh, number one, we just wanted to talk really quickly about NXT's great show on USA Network the other day. Uh, uh, had some great matches. Uh, the Undisputed Era, finally Grayson Gold, Roger Strong, beating Velveteen Dream for the North American Championship. Candice LeRae coming out and becoming the number one contender for the Women's Championship. Leo Rush finally returning to our TV uh, to become the number one contender for the Cruiserweight Championship, which um, they've never mentioned on NXT before. So that apparently is confirming the rumors that uh, 205 Live will be rolled into NXT, I guess, but... It's always fun to see Leo Rush on, on TV. Uh, whether you like him or not is Bobby uh, Lashley's uh, spokesperson. He is one heck of a wrestler. He can do some stuff in that ring that's, that's pretty amazing. So, Yeah, um, Bex, you asked him. He's the best in the world. Yeah. 24-year-old piece of gold. Another uh, <laughs> charges against AEW uh, for Finally releasing the name of their show, even though we've known it for months. They finally today tweeted out that it will be called Wednesday Night Dynamite. Uh, or just Dynamite that happens to be on Wednesday night, I guess, really. It's technically uh, Monday Night Raw for the longest time. was just called Raw, but it was on Monday night, so everyone called it Monday Night Raw. Uh, Nitro was just called Nitro. And then they kept calling it Monday Night Nitro and the Monday Nitro. Uh, so, but um, for months we've heard that it was going to be called Wednesday Night Dynamite, and they finally released it today, so kudos for them. They should have just released it a month or two ago when the rumors were out in the first place. I don't know why they held off on it. And then uh, a charge filed against Charlotte Flair, uh, for wearing huge clunky heels out to the ring when she knew damn well she was going to be in a fight with Bailey and have to kick Bailey in the face. Because it looked so bad. So, so very bad. Uh, she had to do these like weird stutter steps because she couldn't take full strides because she was wearing these big heels. And, and frankly, I wouldn't have wanted to have been Bailey and taken that boot to the face with those heels because that couldn't have felt good. So, and then finally, special charges uh, here. I, I was listening earlier today to Matt Coon's podcast, uh, at Total Engagement with Matt Coon, um, and he talked a little bit about it, and it inspired me. I really wanted to talk about it. Um, the charges against fans who misuse the term buried or burial, when they really just mean that someone that they like lost what they didn't want them to. 
Uh, Matt Coon talked about it a bit, and the biggest uh, example of it right now is the Cedric Alexander. They talk, you know, fans are out there talking about Cedric Alexander got buried, just buried, uh, when he lost, he lost twice to he lost two AJ matches, Styles. one one to AJ Styles and one to AJ Styles. Yeah, he lost two Very matches crazy. to one of the best people on the planet at wrestling. Um, yes, and and the biggest thing is. Uh, uh, losing a, a burial, someone who's really getting buried, they're not on TV. If if they're burying someone, you're not going to see them, right? Exactly. Uh, for, for the, got buried. Yes. Yeah. Zach Ryder got buried. Rusev was buried for months, and then he finally came back. Shinsuke was buried for months, and then he finally came back. Uh, Luke Harper was buried for months. And then he finally came back. And, and Matt Coon again talked about this. He, he brought up um, Also. Also, in an interview, uh, had talked about this. And he said, uh, the, the definition of to put someone over and to bury them is all based on whether they're being talked about. Uh, if you're talking about someone, they're being put over. We're talking yeah. about Cedric Alexander. He's being put over. Right. Did we put? Did we? Did we bury Stone Cold when he passed out to the to the uh, sharpshooter? No, that put him over. That was yeah. that's probably the best definition of a of a loss, putting somebody over. Yes, yeah. I mean ultimately we're talking about him to put Cedric Alexander in that position and and have him have those matches. Where he looked strong and still lost to one of the best wrestlers in the world, that is being put over. And that's eventually going to lead to, I guarantee you it's going to lead to, in a month or, or two months, it's going to lead to Cedric Alexander getting a huge win over AJ Styles. And that's going to put him over even more. So, um, so, so that's my kind of special charge. I, I wish fans would, just take a step back and realize we are living right now in probably the best time in the last 50 years to be a wrestling fan. Yeah. And maybe the best time ever. You can watch better wrestling now than we've seen in years. Mm -hmm. And I mean years. Um, you you don't necessarily get better storyline now, but I think that's on its way. Oh, I think it's definitely gonna. I that is gonna be the number one thing that the Wednesday Night Wars really helped because it, it's probably was the biggest problem with the NXT first show on USA Network was there was very little storyline out of it. It was just match match match, and they were phenomenal matches. They were great, but it was match 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 match. Um, and AEW is going to come along, and I think NXT is going to have to take a step forward on telling stories, not just putting on good matches, because they've always put on good matches, and they've told some really good stories with those matches sometimes, but they've also told a lot of meh stories with those matches. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and they're going to get better at just telling the stories, especially if they're head-to-head with AEW. Because you better believe AEW is going to be working hard on telling good stories. They're going yeah. to be working really hard at making sure that not only are they putting on the best wrestling matches that they can, but that they're going to be telling the best stories that they can. And that's where, yeah. we're, we're, as fans, we are going to win. We're not. There are no losers in this. In the no. in Monday Night Wars, there was no losers until WCW shoulders. Mm-hmm. Um. So, but you know who was the winners? Us as yeah. fans. Yeah. Because we got to watch at the time some of the best storyline wrestling on the planet on both shows, and right. we're getting that again, and we're getting that maybe even bigger than we ever had before. The only downside to it right now is there's so, so much wrestling to pay attention to that it's almost impossible 
to watch it all. And I mean, I'm, I've been sitting here, you know, talking about this podcast, thinking about what we're going to do on this podcast. When we start having seven hours on a regular basis of just WWE shows every week, not counting the pay-per-views when those come out. Those are going to add another three to four hours to that. And then AEW is going to have two to three hours every week. Plus their pay-per-views when they do them. And then, I you know, know, we've mentioned we work less than, than wrestling will be on television. Yeah. And that's not even counting Ring of Honor, New Japan, and Impact, right? Impact is going to access TV. Um, it's going to be a lot easier for people to pay attention to. And we're going to start seeing a lot more of that, um, I'm sure. And it's going to set their game up. Ring of Honor, there was rumors going around that with the purchase of Access that uh, Anthem, which owns Impact, was maybe talking about buying Ring of Honor. But I think those have been debunked by now. But can you imagine how, how crazy it would be if Impact bought Ring of Honor? And then we would have a legitimately three pretty big names in professional wrestling yeah, in America. Yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't be ECW level. It would be it would really be WCW against WWE and WWE or mm-hmm. WWE against WCW and WCW. You wouldn't have yeah. you wouldn't have the little guy that that was Paul Heyman's very very good product not highly accessible. The other thing that that era did was make this event possible. They know that pro wrestling sells now. Um, in the 90s, they didn't know if it sold or not. They know, ah, yeah, we can do a Saturday night thing. Ah, Monday night when, you know, when it, when it's not football season, everybody's just kind of clamoring to get something, you know. Uh, eventually that became, wow, there's stuff we can do on these other nights, you know. Mm-hmm. On prime time, <laughs> you don't have to watch it Saturday morning with Todd Pettengill. I love that show. I really did. <laughs> um, and so that those those that was an era that that allowed the current era that we're about to have now. Because I didn't get to talk about your Charlotte thing. Um, again, technical difficulties on my end, probably. Um, we're, I, I thought it was I thought it was the right move. I thought to to foe pretend that you're not going out there knowing to have a fight, to pretend that you think you can have a classy dispute, I think was a good move. So I disagree with you there. I think her wearing the heels was a great move. And the boot looked vicious because of it. Are you there? Hello? We are recording nothing. Okay, can you hear me now? Officer Sparks, you're back. Yeah, okay. hey. I, awesome. I accidentally pressed mute on my, my device, so that was my fault. <laughs> okay. No, um, what, what I was saying is, the problem is she didn't come out to talk. She came out to rescue like, if it was one of those things where it was like they were doing a show showdown in, in the ring beforehand where they talked and they did promos on each other, yeah, by all means, you come out dressed in your street clothes and all of that. But when the, I mean, because Becky Lynch didn't come out wearing fancy clothes. She came out wearing, it was street clothes, but it was still shoes that she could kick ass in. And there's no reason that Charlotte Flair couldn't have come out in in shoes that still looked nice, but that she didn't... Because I'm telling you, that just looks... The only way to do that more effectively, the only way to do that more effectively and have it actually be a a rescue situation, I think that's the most effective way you can do that. Because here, at the end of the day, the the only other thing she could have done is kick the shoes off on the way. And that would have made sense. If she kind of hopped on the ramp and took the shoes off... That would have that would have been as real as women can get in terms of real. Um, so I don't know. I, there's just I think there's something to be said for that. I also think there's one last misdemeanor um, to throw in. 
wrestling as a whole this week. Um, we didn't talk about tonight anything that happened on a pay-per-view Sunday. We talked yeah. almost exclusively about the the show after the, the pay-per-view, the weekly show. Now on our on our FBI, we did talk about the pay-per-view. But that's how good this was. In fact, the largest... It was actually last week's WBU, but yeah, because we were late on the WBU last week, so... No, I, I thought on FBI they didn't go... They didn't. They, we don't know if we can get it to work yet. We talked a little bit about Luke Harper. But we talked a little bit about that, but we did our recap of the, the Clash of Champions. Oh, that's right, right on Sunday. Yeah, because of our technical difficulties. Yep, yep. And... The other thing is, the biggest part to that show that that happened on Monday night, we didn't even talk about that. We didn't talk about The Fiend. We didn't talk about the graphics. We didn't talk about those things because that's how good wrestling is right now. And that's, I mean, yes, there was, there was two negatives, but as a whole, we went, there was enough in one show to do an hour-long podcast about without talking about the biggest parts of that show. Folks, you really do live in the best era of wrestling. Agreed. So with that, hashtag still not sponsored, go try the toasted cheese gordita. Because, oh my goodness, I had it tonight, Officer Smarks. It was incredible. And Taco Bell, if you're listening to this right now, we would love a sponsorship. Like free tacos. Or yeah, doesn't have, doesn't have to be like a really expensive, just, just throw us some food. We're both big guys. <laughs> we like food. Yeah. We like coupons. Coupons. We like coupons for food. That's, that's how yeah. much we like food. Yes. We get big enough, so. then we'll do that. All right. Yeah. Well, I am going to let you go. I'm going to go and try and relax. Um, Officer Smarts, great job tonight. Yes, great job. Just a reminder, everyone, though, uh, thank you for coming. Thank you for listening to our show and liking, sharing, subscribing to it on whatever platform you use. Uh, thank you for going to anchor.fm and leaving us a voice message. Uh, that's a really great way to interact with us. Or you can always follow us and tweet at us. At Ron Order WBU is me. At D N I M K Fabe. Dane K Fabe. Get you to get you to be a there. Uh, so follow us, like, share, subscribe. Um, we will be back next week with a visit from the FBI. Going live should be on Wednesday, and then again later on in the week, Friday should be going live with the next WBU. So thanks for listening again. We will see you next time. Hello, 911? I need the police right away. This guy took my teddy bear. Hello?